amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Did you know more than one in seven U.S. adults have kidney disease and many don't know it? This National Kidney Month, find out what causes kidney disease and what you can do to take control of your health. Take a no-cost Kidney Smart class online at www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. That's www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. Hello and welcome to Unlikely Leadership. And on this episode, we're going to be talking to Sophie McLean. And Sophie was born in Algeria, educated in Morocco and France with a professional career in the USA and UK. She's led a very eventful life, having been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, a CEO, and served as a United Nations representative on the Commission on the Status of Women's Hunger Project. She's been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She has lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and in an ashram. She's now a wisdom teacher, and she's spent decades leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world of all ethnicities, ages, religions, and social backgrounds, all engaged with the universal existential question of who and what am I? And what is my life about? All right, let's jump into this conversation with Sophie. But before we do, reach out and text us, join our community, Pete Carroll, myself, and our Amplify Voices team. You can text us at 310-582-5216. About mm, right at the, about the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 now. I'm two years inside of love, hope is emerging, belief, faith, things that I've never felt and I'm starting to feel this sense of like all these barriers leaving me. And I'm thinking to myself, I have to start working again. I have to start doing something. I'm like literally doing nothing. And then I, it just was like a quiet voice was like, no, it'll come. What's next will come. And so I meet somebody who introduces me to this famous NFL coach. Now, I don't know anything about sports, nothing. She says, you have to talk to him. I'm getting him on the phone right now. I said, well, why don't we work together first? Let me understand what you're needing. No. I already talked, you got to talk to him. I'm getting on the phone right now. Get on the phone with Pete Carroll. And I don't know anything about him. So he starts off the conversation like this. Listen, Audrey, I, I heard all about you. I mean, everybody's like raving about you. I had to get on the phone and talk to you myself. Let me explain something. I'm in one of the most, you know, cutthroat sports is like, you know, do or die. There's no second place. There's only win and not. Um, it's physically aggressive. There's so much vitriol when you don't win, life or death, all of this. But the one message I've always had my whole life and have maintained is that if you come from love, there is nothing else. And I've never compromised that. They, they give me so much grief about what the type of coach I am, that I'm too soft, that I'm too anything. But what I'm related to is these human beings have a purpose. 
all I am there for is to reveal that, to empower that, to, to enhance that. We win, we don't win. And I'm all for winning. He said, I'm all for winning. But it's love and nobody wants to hear that. Would you work with me? And, and what do you think we should do in order to get this out there? And I was like, hmm, Audrey, love, two years, things, now, coat. I mean, it's incredible, right? So I sat with him and I said, let's start this company. Let's start this company that I find in the last number of years that I've been in production, that I've been in digital media, that I've had all the success in this, right? It is the most powerful way to release context in the world. It's framework. And a lot of things that people can't quite digest or find palatable they do find it in their own way through story without even realizing its context. And I said, and that's my joy of having done this for the last 10 something years of, of finding every possible way I can tell a story. And we, in like record time, have just had so much success and it's all been so like moving and emotional and alive. And so I was just talking to Christian before you got on and I said, you know what's so amazing that we get to do every day is we just love people. Mm -hmm. They get on a call with us or they get on a thing with us or we're in our meetings and we just say, I love you, <laughs> I love you. And, and don't forget that you're loved, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to say that to you because while I can't wait to hear what you're creating and what you're contributing to others and what, where your soul and your spirit have reached, I felt that story before I got on the call with you. Mm. And mm. so I, I did what I felt. <laughs> That's so great. I can see that you are now following your intuition very much. We have progressed in the same kind of path, Audrey since, what, 15, <laughs> 20 years ago? Mm. That's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. So please tell me. Tell, give me the origin. I would love to hear your journey and where your, your navigation has brought you to, considering mm. that we've crossed paths. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I started, um, I got a gift when I was very young, Audrey. I was about 12. I was brought up in Casablanca, Morocco, and I was in the garden uh, watching my family getting ready to sit down for dinner. And I had a, a download, literally. You know, I mm -hmm. must have been in a moment of stillness. I, I, I don't even try to understand it. But I got uh, three insights. The first one was that I was being brought up in a cocoon. And that was not a reflection of life and the world. And that I needed mm -hmm. to go and find out. Everything from joy to despair. The second thing that I got was that um, everything I was going to discover was an illusion. And then the third download was more like a command. And just make sure you tell people. Right? So I was 12. I ran to my parents. I said, I... I know the secret. <laughs> so I told them, oh, it's a cocoon, it's all an illusion, and I, we have to tell everybody. And of course, I got my nickname, the crazy one. So mm. uh, with love, but I, you know, it must have been shocking to have a 12-year-old come and say all that. But, you know, looking back, this is exactly what my life has been like, right? So I have known everything from despair to joy all the way by the time I was 33 I had so many tragedies so many grief 
so many joy. Uh, it, it's amazing. I just really got the whole range of emotion and feelings and the human, the, 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 the emotions of the human. I call it our human, right? Character. And then yeah. at 33, I actually got an experience that it was all an illusion, right? So at that moment, I was mm -hmm. free. So I, um, and there was no other way for me than to give it away to others. There was no other um, important priorities in life other than remembering who we really were, getting out of the cage of the illusion of the character, the identity, or those identifications we have. So I proceeded to train myself and um, led, you know, I led to a lot of people, right, about 80,000 people worldwide and so forth. And then in 2009, and, you know, when you start to listen to what wants to happen, it's like you guided. In 2009, without yes. any planning whatsoever, there was this kind of tsunami, a little bit like you're going to Seattle, in fact. And mm -hmm. I left what I was doing with absolutely no plan to do it. In On one phone call in two minutes, it was as if this enormous wave took me. I gave my resignation and... All there was for me was to inquire into the spiritual. So I did. I just um, studied Buddhism, Hinduism, Trentric Yoga. I, I went to ashram. I went to the shaman in the Amazon jungle. I, I did everything until I could have an experience of what I call the spiritual world. And then, um, you know, <laughs> now I find myself in the south of France in, uh, I think it was 2016 or 17. And uh, I say, well, now what? Well, now what? Yeah. Now what do I do? Yeah. I mean, I have no problem. It doesn't mean that I have no problem. But if there is a problem, I can deal with it. I've learned so much. I know I'm not using force anymore. If a door is closed, I don't take a hammer and break it down. I look for the open one. I can deal with life circumstances. Right? And, and then I, like you, I, I just got an intuition, write a book. Right? So I, <laughs> you're going to love. So I start writing this book. It's called The Elegance of Simplicity. And uh, mm. so I'm trained as a philosopher, right? So I am writing this philosophical insight about human being. I give it to read to 20 of my friends that come back with a long, sad face saying it's unreadable. We can't understand a word <laughs> of what you say. It's too boring. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, <gasps> I, But I, you know what I was doing, Audrey? I was talking about things. I was describing, mm. giving a lecture instead of putting my heart, my soul, everything in the book. So I tore it up and I wrote a wow. new one. And, and, and that was amazing. It was actually quite uh, quickly. The first one took me three years. The second one took me six months. 
but it was I took the risk. I shared myself. I put my entire being and soul in that book. And then life, like you, took me back to New York. So I went to New York and started my company that is called Access to Awareness. Unbelievable. I just, you know, it's it's so interesting because no wonder why I got that hit to tell you that story <laughs> because you can just see the, the winding through. It is I did I did feel in retrospect in looking back that I had so many moments mm. where I had actually gotten that call mm. and I didn't answer. Mm. Mm. Because I said to myself, no it's not supposed to look like this. It's supposed to look like this. Mm. And I think that is something and and you know the 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 intention I had when I thought about, you know, what podcast is we're doing so many podcasts now reproducing, but what podcast could I have in terms of a platform that can amplify voices that have this understanding of a transition? Mm. So in that place of a, a paradigm shift, in that place of the falling away, there is no answer. There is all that is just there and all that is is revealed and there's only right now, right? Mm -mm. But it's interesting because so much progress, we say, as human beings is in leadership. It's in the innovator. It's mm. in the creator. Even mm. taking it to the spiritual level and saying it's in the co-creator. Mm. But there's still so much doingness in that. You know, what are your goals? What is your layout? Give me yeah. your strategy. Da, 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 da. So the mm. minute you say, I am accountable, I am that, I will provide that, you're immediately, the way that it's designed and has been designed, you're immediately constrained then to project something that keeps you from the very thing where your power is, which is being present right now, mm -hmm. listening, receiving, and acting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you were I, intended to. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I so know what you're talking about. It's amazing, right? So, when you get what you got, right? What you were speaking about, Audrey. I when I got that, that there was this um, material world in distance, time, and form, where if you wanted to produce anything, you had to take action and produce results. And then, in fact, that was like a game, uh, it was an expression of my human, but who I really was, was not that, that was just a, a kind of school, but I'm located somewhere else, and how do I reconcile the two worlds, because you have to be responsible for who you really are as a soul, and for your human, I mean, except if you want to be a nun or a monk, which frankly, I think... <laughs> They have it easier than if you <laughs> yes. attempt the spiritual Could not path agree with you more. In they, the world. they have the infrastructure. Uh -huh. They've got the infrastructure, right? And they don't have to talk to people. <laughs> That's right. So, so I had to to confront a space that was very um, uh, unexpected for me, and it's a space of defeat, right? So, for me, a leader is somebody that. Mm embodies the so aspiration and the dream of others. That's who a leader is, right? So the, the conscious leader is someone that doesn't have a personal agenda. It, there is a global contribution and there is a willingness to be the forefront of the dream and aspirations of others. So this distinction for a leader is generous, selfless. You need to be a visionary 
and you need to be in action. And uh, I believe that I founded my company because in my experience of human being, everybody wants to know that freedom. See, every single human being knows they are caged somewhere. They, yes. they, and the freedom is not doing what you want, of course, right? The freedom is to be able to be in life as a human, regardless of the circumstances you, you're dealing with. You never alter in your alignment with your soul, right? That's for me the utmost freedom. And so I, I thought, well, everybody dreams and aspires for this liberation and this freedom. So this is going to be the kind of leadership I will provide through conversations and inquiry and sharing my experience. But I didn't take into account <laughs> that most human beings, if not all of us, I've spent years and years and years mastering survival. Yes. So we all master that survival, and we only survive when we're faced with a danger, right? You don't need to survive a butterfly. You need to survive a lion. But most human beings, since a very young age, were caught up in the illusion of survival. So... They have a mastery. They are expert at survival. So when I told them, come, 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 come and find out about liberation, it's very simple. I, I can open the door for you. You just have to step in. The only thing you have to do is give up your expertise and your mastery. <laughs> and they said, what? <laughs> Beginner's mind? Are you out of your mind? And then I had to confront yes. defeat. And the space of defeat is, um, there is no hope. You know, it's, it's further than failing. It's anything you ever said, ever thought, ever stood for, any meaning you ever gave to anything disappears. And, you, and it's a very yes. actually high space of consciousness, but not pleasant. So I had to yes. go through it. Yeah. I, I... I love what you just shared because, you know, it's interesting. There's very subtle things. And again, I picked the topic of leadership for a reason. I think the humanness in us, like you said, aspires to lead, which is insane because we already are. But that's a whole other conversation. But the human aspires to lead. They look to it. They watch shows about people who lead. They admire people who lead, whatever. But the leader as the human also is the bottleneck in that liberation. Because once they start, whatever that grain, whatever that voice was, let me step in and provide this, immediately then after becomes the ego, the human, the do this, I got to manage this, it's got to get to this, it's got to be something, I got to turn into something, all of those things, and you lose sight of the actual everything that's there. That's just magic and effortless and, and all of that. So it's almost like deconstructing, like starting to deconstruct all of this that we put in the way of what's naturally there in leadership. There's very subtle things. Like I'll get on, like you're a guest on the podcast. I'm guest on podcasts all the time. And some of the questions that they ask me since I have the leadership topic is, so who are your role models? And I said, I don't believe in role models. Why would I mimic somebody else when I have my life? <laughs> 
I'm listening to my my downloads. I'm listening to my connection. I'm vibrating and and we're all one. Why would I look someplace else when it's all connected anyway? That mimicking is what you're referencing. We don't think about that, that that's survival. We think ambition is survival and they can get that. But when you start thinking of actually all those other things that you're doing that you think are beneficial are actually also suppressing people and keeping you in survival. I think it's a very fascinating thing to be inside of this time now in history to inside of the level of divisiveness, inside of the global connection to the conversation. Because I can't think of, I mean, we've been around in this body for a while. I can't think of the last time we were in a global conversation where we were all on the same uh, almost like lovingly the playing field. We were all in the same degree of our own, confronting our own survival, our very life. And it was no different in Africa than it was here. It was no different for the poor than it is for the rich. No different in color and race and background. And your 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 degrees didn't you know help prevent COVID. Mm. Nothing prevented anything. We were all we all were sitting here thinking of what is this? What my life is about. Mm. Is this is what, you know, re-examining life. And I think that right there at the level of vibration had this sort of awakening that it's, it, and I think in many times, and I'd love to hear from, from your work and how you navigate through those conversations, in awakening, I think there's that immediate space where it's this space of everything is and everything's not. But then that next moment is like, okay, what do I do with that? What do I do now? And then you're right back in survival. So it's a very, very interesting way to navigate to be and to be and to be and to listen and to say, you know, as a practice, it's so distinct to never be prepared. Like, that's what I tell people now. I'm never prepared. I don't prepare. I never prepare. If I read something, I read something. If I don't, I don't. I have whatever moment that I have. And then I listen and I say, okay, that's what I'm going to say. I don't critique it. I don't know. I don't ask myself whether it sounded smart, if it was the right or wrong thing to say. I say what I'm supposed to say because that's what I'm saying. And then the next moment, no one tells you that in leadership school, right? <laughs> Be prepared. Fake it till you make it. Gotta stand. Don't show your, your, you know, your, your, um, your vulnerability. And all of those things are the beautiful things that are accessible and connecting us. As you're working with people, and I would imagine that the people that you work with are of cut from an ambitious cloth, are they not? Oh, I have got everybody, different ones. You see, all those qualities you oh, describe, Audrey, are, are the human character, right? And my entire work is about looking at the human character and at the play you have created for yourself and your life. And... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com just seeing the illusion of it. So 
nobody is anything. You know, most of the spiritual teacher will always, if you studied Zen or, or, or any Buddhism or whatever, you know, a spiritual teacher will always end up saying to you, who are you? And then everybody knows the correct answer is, I am. And it took me years to actually get an experience of of that I am-ness. But anything that is after Mm. I am, like I am ambitious, I am strong, I am, is a story. It's an illusion. There is no description to put after the I am. So my work is not to work on the character, but to see it so that you can um, get aligned with who you really are. And that is the liberation. Oh, it, it's absolutely delicious, you know, because you are unmissable with. When you know who you are, yes. you have actually an experience, right? It's the knowing, but not the intellectual knowing. It's the experience of your essence. And you you actually can experience your soul intention in incarnating you. You know, you you come in your human body with some past memories, something to heal, something to learn. And when you are clear about the contribution you can be to the world and the gift you bring with you, whatever life circumstances present themselves to you, um, fear and anxiety have disappeared. You don't need to prove anything. You don't need to make it. You don't need to know anything. It's very, very restful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, that is so great. So tell me now this book, which is very, very wonderful that you said describe, because Mm -hmm. to me that was one of the most beautiful things inside of my joy and passion with storytelling is that there is a very distinct, you know, like so many people that I listen to will say, okay, well, let me let me tell you a story about my business. And then they go and they describe it. Mm. And I said, well, you're not actually t- <laughs> telling me a story. You just described, you reported mm. on your business. And there is this vividness and this physicality and this energy that comes when you're when you're in a story, there's yeah. like everybody's in it with you. There's a feeling mm. that happens. There's mm. things that happen to the mind. There's a shift that happens to the body. There's yes. that all of a sudden the barriers are released mm-hmm. and there's, I'm not you, I don't have your life, but somehow there's now this connect, mm-hmm. this beautiful dance. Mm. So I love that. One of the things I love so much about what you just shared is it literally re-instilled the story that you had about the first book you wrote. You said the first book was a description. You described everything, threw it away. Then you just released what was there Mm. from your your very being, from the heart of everything. Yes, it was a willingness to take a risk. You see, the the spiritual path is always about giving up something, right? So I had to Mm. give up protecting myself. And put myself in. And it's funny you talk about stories because in the back of my book it says that I I recaptured the ancient art of storytelling. And that's Mm. how I wrote my book. I put two women, one in search of answers and the other one having reached enlightenment. And it's a conversation between two women. 
and uh, oh, and that. I wrote it as a story, so you can get into the play and into the there mm. is things that happened, and at the same time there is this teaching and this sharing of experience. You know that was my in saying story. That was my one of my big downloads that I got after being someone who led in the transformational world. When I walked away, one of the things that was disheartening to me was. Why is there not the level of awareness and self-generativeness and beingness if you remove the person leading that some people will generate and some won't or it'll start to dissipate over the time and it becomes about that identity of the leader? And it was disheartening because the very intention of that awakening of that transformation was never to be located anywhere. Mm. It was just for human beings to be free in, mm. in my world, to experience mm. that oneness and to be free. Mm. And it was a conflict for me because in my mind, in my survival, in my humanness, it was about getting somewhere and achieving something. But there was my voice inside, that truth inside that was like, no, you don't want that. What you wanted was that sense of human beings being free, that spirit. And when... The epiphany that I had in bringing back the things that I had learned and what attracted me to the entertainment business was the storytelling. And the thing that I got to was really that there is, when someone can create something like your book and tells a story and can frame things in a particular way, like I said, there is that sort of ability to receive it without constraints, without barriers. It's almost like arms become open and they don't open in descriptions. The mind no. goes, do I understand that? Do you understand what you're saying? Do I not understand what you're saying, right? Mm. Well, for, for storytelling needs to be authentic, right? So it's, otherwise it's a description. Yep. So when you tell a story, when somebody masters the art of storytelling, they become the story. So they can actually, right. it's exactly when you go and watch a good movie, right? You, you forget mm -hmm. you're sitting in a movie house. You are in the film. So that person needs to be so authentically the story and, and having the risk to be so vulnerable and put all the passion and the love and the, the embodiment of that story. And in the face of that authenticity, it calls forth the vulnerability yes. and the authenticity of the other. And I think that's one of the secret of the inspiration of storytellers is, and that is also part of the leadership, the, this new, what I call conscious leadership. It's not by, uh, it's even more by inspiration other than action yes. that you will get people to elevate themselves. And this inspiration comes from authenticity. Yes. Yes, and I do think that, I mean, in the same way that you said about storytelling going back to ancient times, for me, it was the same. To look at the thread of language that translated into spirit and awareness was petroglyphs, hieroglyphics. You know, we, had, we can look back at any point in time, no matter what we had as our medium, rocks, scrolls, mm -hmm. <laughs> no matter what it was, now, video, audio visuals, graphics, you know, it just keeps going. The only thing for me that was distinct that I felt so inspired by was this was the first time 
outside of, uh, you know, a connection that people have in their higher consciousness where they feel like they can communicate to other people and other people have a feeling that they said something or that they're thinking about you, this is the only time in the history of humanity where we're all linked, where we actually can post something and the whole world will see it, where we can tell a story and and while we're sleeping, someone can interact with that framework mm. and have that sense of being there, of emoting, of opening up, of releasing something. And that is where, for me, I mean, I, it was just everything became about storytelling. Everything. Mm. I mean, I spent my time over the years with some of the greatest stories telling the world at Lucasfilm, mentored with them for two years. I mean, I went everywhere mm. I could. Mm. In the same way that you went through your spiritual places and, you know, your ashrams and what have you, I did that through storytelling mm. masters. Mm. And it was the most innate, you know, to go through all of that, it was like coming back and returning and finding that was the, the most truth I have ever felt in the world was to mm. live inside of stories. The mm. most, the most truth, and not, and not that, not the interpretations of what life is, but that, that just sort of emoting framework that just is, and to see what happens is just exciting. I didn't expect you to talk about storytelling. That's so <laughs> great. I love that, Sophie. I love that. That's so powerful. Mm. What didn't I ask you about your work and what you're creating that is important for you? That you must say. not believe in the stories, right? So uh, I just I want to Great. say that for the listeners. The source of all yeah. suffering in the world is not the stories. It is believing in them, right? So yeah. a story is a real story, but it's not real. So when you get that level of relationship to the material life, then you will be free from suffering. Um, what you haven't asked me about my work, I am always moved by people having the courage to go on the spiritual road, Audrey. Um, you know, mm. I do some session one-on-one. I work with the UN uh, country leaders. And the spiritual road for a long time for me was the the thing to do you know I was like of course everybody must go on the spiritual road and as I elevate myself and elevate myself and elevate myself it never stops and I never get anywhere and there is always more a friend of mine says hashtag there is always more um I, I, and always giving up giving up giving up right and I look at the people that um do not want to get on that road. Yes. They they don't. They're not interested in awareness. Thank you very much. Let me be a sleepwalker. It's much more comfortable. And I finally got it. I, I finally got to the place where I so have compassion and and even empathy for for people that say to me, Ah, oh, thank you very much. Your life is my idea of a nightmare. So I call myself a mm. wisdom teacher because I think I, I, as I grow older, I'm able to embrace the globality of the characters of human beings without judgment. And um, that piece is essential for me. And I think that's why people come to me is to access that peace and calm acceptance surrendering that gives you access to gratitude and joy. Mm. I love it. Mm. Well, Sophie, 
It mm. was so great to spend time with you. I love seeing you again. I love what you're creating. It's Aud fantastic. Audrey, thank you so much. And I so Good love this podcast. You sharing so much and so well. It's, uh, it's been a delight. Thank you for the conversation. I had a really fun time. Okay, I didn't tell you guys in advance that Sophie and I knew each other. If you listen to this podcast regularly from here and there, you're going to see me run into and, and have a conversation with people I have not talked to in 10, 15, sometimes 20 years. And this is one of the great things of creating this podcast that has been is to revisit people that have been in my life, that have been influential in my life, that in, in every possible way, because we have to remember that the people that have had a warm, wonderful, oh my gosh, I adore that person, have an impact. And the people that we've had conflict, conflict with and, and issues with also have contributed to our life. Both those, those extremes have helped us grow. And I believe that is wonderfully stated through the conversation and dialogue that Sophie and I had when she talked about her own life. And there's a few highlights that I think are very, very, very beautiful and so key to the work that Sophie speaks of. And that is her, the humanity, the freedom, and the storytelling. You know, Sophie really spoke so much on human nature and what comprises what it is to be human and the commonality that even though we have all these differences, we have a commonality of the inquiry that we're in. And it's so important to remember that because, you know, on a superficial ego-driven level, we, we see our differences. We see the reflection of things that we detest. We see so much when we first look at people, but give it a second and breathe. And what you do is you start to let in the missing component, and that is humanity. And you can't quite get to the humanity space if you're not present. And you can't get present if you're not breathing, which we have an episode about that breathing, right? Um, but it's so important to talk about that. It's so important to have these kinds of, like Sophie says, existential conversations where we are given and we're moved and we're pressure is applied on all those aspects of what it is to be human, something that's bigger, it's greater than the sum of the parts, our parts. And it calls us to, to want, to desire, to feel certain things that where our ego and an aspect of our humanity that's, that's built in survival has us avoid those things. But it's that courage, it's that stepping beyond that, not letting completely go because you can't truly live a fearless life because there'll always be that component of yourself in the design of human that will bring in fear and survival into the picture. But if you know that and you can distinguish between it and you can look bigger and beyond, there's this richness in life. Another thing, Sophie pointed out about that, which I thought was really amazing, is the second thing, which is around freedom. I really, really saw and heard a great deal of humility in Sophie. And, and you know, she, she kidded about it towards the end of, of just talking about um, uh, her and I uh, 
being in conversation, you know, having been sort of the rebels of the group, if you will, that we were part of um, in the company. And, uh, and I think that's really wonderfully stated in, in all the mistakes that we made and all the things that we look back and go, I wouldn't do that again at this point, this, this life and with this wisdom. There's a real humility there. There's no, there's no need to be ashamed. There's no need to be angry. There's no need for anything. There is just that bit of humility where you open yourself up and say, huh, so that's where I was at at that time. Oh, those were the things that I was dealing with this time. Isn't that beautiful that I allowed myself to grow, that I allowed myself to move past that? And I loved also when Sophia talked about when she had realized one of her biggest insights was that not everybody wants a life that has an impact and makes a difference like this. There's people that, like she said, have said to her, your life as you describe it to me, as I see it, is like my worst nightmare. And I can completely relate to that. I remember back in my early days, um, being somebody who trained and developed other people, and I constantly pushed the envelope about reaching and taking risks and sort of jumping off the cliff and finding your wings on the way down sort of approach. And until people, when I got really invested, like why am I not retaining 100% of the people in, in those seminars that I was leading? And I got really interested and invested talking to the people that no longer attended. They were like, I loved it. I love your energy. I love your passion. That's what brought me there. It's what kept me there as long as I can go. But you're not really talking to me. There was this group of people, let's say about 20% if I gave it a number, that really opened my eyes to say, you know, Audrey, you're putting a, a, a judgment, if you will, on people that don't reach for big things, for big goals. It had never occurred to me before that moment in that conversation when I sought it out and I let it in to find out that I thought everybody wanted that I thought everybody wanted like big things and the pressure of it and to go for it and to take those risks and and to hear that conversation which was actually so beautiful now that I think back on it and it was with a woman for that woman to say to me listen some of us just you know want to get up better get along better with our kids or we want to be closer to our partner that we've been for a long time. Some of us want to be able to communicate things on a day-to-day basis that are just a little uncomfortable and we want some tools for it. And that's really, the that for us is our best life. And now that I get that, I completely get that. Of course, of course, that makes complete sense to me. And I think that's the beautiful part of the freedom of understanding. Even in the midst of so much turmoil, you can live a life. Just live your whole life. And, and go in through the process of it and grow the way that you want to grow. And there's no reason why you have to prove anything to anyone. There's no one you have to save. You, that's a life worth living. And all the other versions of it are as well. And one is not better than the other. And I believe that there's real freedom in that because... On the other side of it, for those of us that are, you know, have taken on these big challenges and unraveling these huge knots in humanity and saying, I want my life to matter and I want to make a difference. We still have to remember that we're choosing that. That is not some pressure that's on us that we have to be that person. We can stop it at any point in time and inquire and look into something far more simple. And there is nothing wrong with that. That is just fine. So that was beautiful. It was beautiful to hear that from Sophie. It was beautiful for us to have that conversation. And the last point, which I'll pull out, is storytelling, of course. You know, as Sophie said in the end, that just remember, 
as you go through these conversations and, and these experiences in your life, remember that they are stories. And I, and I know that Sophie was speaking to everything, but I do know that there's a slant and a lean on the things where we're suffering, where there's so much pain, the interpretations that we have about it. You know, you have to remember and remind yourself that those situations are not the truth. They are still interpretations, interpretations that we stopped remembering that they were stories and they've become truths that we're trapped by. I, on the other side of that, say, remember that there's stories because it reminds us in those in those experiences where we feel trapped, where we feel constrained, that maybe have dominated so much of our life with fear and pain and trauma, it's really important in my experience to remind ourselves what great storytellers we actually are because many of us are not connected to that part of ourselves as storytellers. But then when I hear people talk about their pain or something that they've been trying to get over for so long, I'm like, look at how you describe that. Look how deep and intense that is. Look at that interpretation you have of yourself that you gave. That, that is storytelling. And if you can do that and be that committed to that narrative for 10, 20 years, imagine what you're capable of when you completely create a new story. Completely create a new story and live into that for the next 5, 10, 20 years. And it could be whatever you desire. This is the this is so important and it's so connected to the humanity, which I mentioned, to the freedom, which I just mentioned, that storytelling is really the foundation of all. It's the, it's the tool that helps us realize what we've been trapped inside of to have ownership of it. And it's the tool that helps us access our greatest freedom and self-expression that we can create that narrative. And when we feel that we've lived the richness of that story, we've grown through everything going through that story, we can say, ah, that chapter, the end, and then create a new one. All right. As always, thank you for spending time with Unlikely Leadership and myself and wonderful Sophie and other guests. And feel free to reach out and join our community by texting us at 310-582-5216. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Did you know more than one in seven U.S. adults have kidney disease and many don't know it? This National Kidney Month, find out what causes kidney disease and what you can do to take control of your health. Take a no-cost Kidney Smart class online at www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. That's www.davita.com slash kidneysmart.